From the Vox Media Podcast Network, this is Recode Daily. I'm Peter Kafka. Clubhouse, the invite-only audio social media app, is red hot and gaining popularity day by day, in part by selling exclusivity. But the app itself is not so focused on privacy. If you're one of the millions of users that's downloaded Clubhouse recently, you may already know that the app would like to get to know you and your friends. But even if you don't want to share some of that information, Clubhouse may end up knowing a lot about you anyway. Recode Sarah Morrison has been reporting on Clubhouse and privacy concerns. Hi, Sarah. Hey, how you doing? I am okay. Uh, I'm in Clubhouse. You're in Clubhouse. Let's tell people how you got to Clubhouse. Um, I basically just asked a friend for an invite, and uh, and she invited me. I signed up, I think like a week and a half ago. I only wanted to join just to reserve my username because I have a common name, but I ended up not getting there in time. I think another Sarah Morrison joined like a day before I did. Yeah, there's a land grab. There's a lot of people who are on Clubhouse right now, in part because they know it's a hot social media platform and they want to get there. Just for, just like you said, you, they want to get there before somebody else does. Uh, we should note that in addition to requiring an invite only, this is only available to iOS users right now. Eventually, the, the app intends to make it available to Android users as well. So, Sarah, right when you show up on Clubhouse, they ask for your contacts, which is not a new idea. You see this in other social apps. They say, give us access to your your iPhone's phone book. Some people do that without a thought. I think given given the kind of work you do, you probably have some concerns about that. Did you give Clubhouse access to your contacts? I, I didn't, even though it sort of aggressively asks for them and offers you like incentives to give them. I did not give it my contacts. Right. Like one of the incentives is if you want to invite someone else, you've got to give it your, your phone book. You don't need to give it your phone book, but but they would very much like that information from you. And so you said, nope, Clubhouse, I'm not I'm not going to do that. And Clubhouse says, OK, you sign up. And then what happened? Uh, I think like three minutes later, I got a couple of followers who the people I knew. Uh, so clearly they had been alerted that I joined and I sort of was sure how that happened because I thought I had told Clubhouse I didn't want anybody to know I was there. So that's both disconcerting, but we can we can kind of see the logic there, right? So what must have happened, we're surmising, is that people who know you uploaded their contacts to Clubhouse. So Clubhouse knows that Sarah Morrison has joined up, and they've told the people who've uploaded their contacts to Clubhouse that their friend Sarah, or maybe not friend Sarah, is now on Clubhouse. That's That's the logical path there, right? Yeah. You have to give Clubhouse your phone number. That's what they give to invite other people. So anybody who has my phone number and their contacts conceivably will know. And by the way, when you get to Clubhouse, it's not just that you see that you have followers. Um, the first thing Clubhouse does is puts you in a room, tells other people who know you that you signed up and invites them to hang out with you in a room, which is both interesting and disconcerting, depending on your perspective. I've heard the CEO of the company describe it as being sort of, you go to a party, you don't know people there, or you're not sure you know people there, and a bunch of people reach out to you and say, hey, welcome, I'm going to show you around. Um, And in my case, I ended up seeing two people that I know but didn't know each other were both in a room hanging out together. It turns out it worked out fine, but I can also imagine how I could have two or multiple groups of people who know me who may or may not like each other or may or may not have a reason to be in the same room together. And it's interesting the Clubhouse is sort of pushing them to get together. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, sometimes you don't want to be pushed into a room or informed that somebody you know is there. You know, I, I saw on Twitter a couple of people said, you know, I joined Clubhouse and an abusive person in my past was suddenly 
in my present now. You know, it's just sort of a thing where I don't think the people who designed it sort of thought about the possibility of that happening and so didn't build anything in to prevent it. So, so let's, let's situate this in, in the context of, of all the other, the apps. Does, does Clubhouse seem uh, more or less invasive, more or less thirsty for your private information than, you know, Twitter, Facebook, any of the mainstream social apps, any of the new social apps that, that continue to pop up? Yeah, I mean, if we're honest, like they all are thirsty for everything. <laughs> and you connecting with other people who use those apps is part of what makes you use the apps more. So as much information they can get and as many connections they can make between you and other people as possible is good for them. But I think, you know, at this point, the ones that have been around for longer and have had a bad press for some of the similar reasons have now built in better privacy things. You don't have to add your number. You can be private as you join, you know, that, that kind of stuff. This one just seemed to me, especially in the context of other apps that have had these problems that you could learn from to be just especially aggressive. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because there's some apps, notably Facebook, um, where their business model is based around knowing as much about you, offering that information to advertisers. They get upset when people say that happens, but that's basically what's happening because it makes their ads more efficient. Um, Clubhouse doesn't have a business model yet, um, but it doesn't seem like it's particularly interested in advertising. It seems like it, now, it may well do advertising, but it seems like it's more interested in sort of um, getting its users to pay for access to certain kinds of features or rooms. So in theory, that information isn't as useful. It seems like, I think you and I have reached the same conclusion, that Clubhouse wants this personal information about you to help it grow and to make the app more engaging. If Clubhouse says, look, we're not going to use this personal information to sell ads or we're not going to ever sell this information to someone else, would that give you more reassurance? I mean, I never believe any app that says that, even the ones that are, you know, might be telling the truth. I, I guess so. My initial reaction was just, I joined this just to, you know, to, to get the username and to like check it out for work. I didn't join it to get like followed by people that I didn't even put in my contacts in the first place. So it doesn't solve that problem, but that's also maybe for a lot of people, not a problem or a small one. So it's sort of depends on what you want to use the app for, right? Let's talk about a, a, a parallel question or, or maybe a separate question about privacy on Clubhouse, which is the Chinese government. Late last week, a group of Stanford researchers put out a paper suggesting that the Chinese government has access to a lot of Clubhouse information. Can you explain why that is? So yeah, Clubhouse uses a company that's based in China for, I think, some of its backend stuff. And so some user data was being transmitted in plain text which could give that company access to things like, you know, which user ID numbers we're talking in which chat rooms. And just basically because it's a Chinese company, um, the Chinese government can demand to see any of the data that it has. Uh, so there's, I, I, don't, I don't think we know that they've asked to do that, but the possibility is there. So anytime you have, you know, any company with anything based in China, that's a possibility. And that's come up a couple of times with, you know, other apps too. At the risk of sounding naive, what's the problem with the Chinese government looking to see what people are doing on Clubhouse? Isn't the whole point that you're listening to people broadcast information um, to as many people as possible? Yeah, I think it mostly becomes a problem if you are Chinese and the Chinese government knowing that you're using the app or like things that you're doing in it then could get you in trouble. Right. So that could be Chinese nationals in other countries. All sorts of people might might be concerned if they knew the Chinese government was tracking what they were doing or who they were talking to. But yeah, I mean, 
the app is designed, as we've said, to <laughs> to let everybody know as much about what you're doing on it as possible. So, you know, there's a there's a balance there, right? Yeah, I mean, in theory, there's a version of Clubhouse that allows you to have private conversations, and I, it's hard to tell how much of that is being used because you don't you generally hear about private conversations by their nature. Um, but it does sort of seem like it's the real use case is sort of like a lot of little sort of micro TV stations or micro radio stations, to, you know, each trying to reach their own segment of population. What has Clubhouse said in response to this report? Uh, well, they never really say much, but I, th- <laughs> but I think they're, they're going to add some measures to prevent the user data from being routed through the servers in China and maybe like encrypt the traffic somehow. Sarah, I am reasonably sure that we are going to be talking about Clubhouse again on this show and, and reporting on, on uh, Recode.net. You can read Sarah's report and, and maybe future reports like one from me on Recode.net. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.